Welcome back to another episode of The Rails. Probably, God, we're like multiple episodes in now. This is crazy. Um, as ever, I'm your host, Imogen Marshall, and with me is my lovely co-host, Madeline. Do you want to say hello? Yeah, Madeline. Hello, everyone. <laughs> You're back. Um, how, how's your week been? Um, my week's been pretty nice. I've just been um, reading, finally I'm off all the self-help books this week and I've been reading some more thriller books that I really, really like. Um, and I've also been watching, I don't know if you're on this hype, this really confusing hype of Behind Her Eyes on Netflix. I haven't watched it um, yet. What is it like? It's, you go into it expecting it just to be like a normal, very spiritual very fantasy like at the end which mm. i was expecting um a bit like how you know in i think it might be that introduction episode how i said there was that book that just had so many things going on yes work. but this one kind of had so many things going on that it did work which is quite okay so interesting I, I definitely recommend watching it only six episodes as well only mm. six episodes Okay, so that's kind of worth worth the worth the watch then. Um, how are you doing generally? Like, how's life? I must say, I've never been on so many walks in my life this week. <laughs> you and me both. I just get very very restless staying indoors. And yes, mm. there's a lot of very good books to read and lots of really um, nice new albums to listen to and like stuff to watch on TV. But I just need some daylight to hit my eyes once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, it's been, well, I guess it's been a few weeks ago now, but I got my first dose of the vaccine. Um, I was incredibly lucky and I queued and they, they cannot re-refrigerate Pfizer at the end of the day. So if they have spares, they will give them which I realise probably shouldn't be saying this, but it's fine. Um, and I went at the end of the day and I got it. So I am feeling like the light at the end of the tunnel is real, which I don't think I felt this kind of optimistic in a year. <laughs> um, so it's been really nice. Um, yeah, I just kind of can't believe that I like, I was literally like filling in the form at the... Um, vaccination clinic like like my hand was like shaking like I could barely write like my name it was really funny it's just like it felt very emotional because it's like we've been in this for so long now and yeah I just was really overcome with emotions yeah, I can imagine because to be honest like it's quite incredible when you look back at like when other pandemics have happened um, mm. it's taken like five or so years to get a vaccine um, and even though this pandemic feels quite long, we've been able to um, like develop multiple vaccines quite quickly. Can you imagine having lived through smallpox or one of these ones, which were years, not one year, years? I, I don't think us, like, I, I don't think I could do it. I feel like I would have really taken up knitting if this went on for longer. <laughs> I think I would have had to buy like 10 more bookshelves, so let's be real. I mean, I can now understand why you go when, like, when you go to older people's houses and they have loads of doilies, and I'm like, oh yeah, you definitely lived through a war. Like, this is <laughs> you're making me die. That's too funny. <laughs> okay, 
So what have you been reading and watching this week then? Um, so this week I've been watching Behind Her Eyes, um, which is on Netflix, a really, really kind of trippy thriller. Um, mm. So it's about um, this single mum who goes out um, on like a single mum night out with one of her friends. She goes to this bar in London, she gets stood up by her friend. Her friend just says, oh, there's something that's come up. Um, so she's about to like, pick up her bag and go, and then she bumps into this guy, and they kind of hit off. Um, so like spending the rest of the night together, they're like drinking, like having fun, getting to know each other. And then they both walk out of the bar together and they kiss each other goodbye. And then he kind of freaks out and goes, I can't do this. I'm so sorry. Freaks out, walks away from her. And then she's just like, what on earth was that? Also, can um, you imagine if that happened to you? I'd be like, uh, right? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, thanks for the drinks. Then we I guess. just met. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it gets more oh. awkward. It gets more awkward. A therapist. Mm-hmm. Um. And she goes into work the next day and she gets introduced to her new boss and he is the new boss. Um, he's there with his wife. Did he know that? Oh, um, he had a wife. He didn't know. They literally meet face to face and then she's like, oh my God. He's like, oh my God, this is my wife Adele. <laughs> um, Shit. So she kind of, so she sees the wife. She doesn't get introduced mm. to the wife though. Very, very key that. Um, and then they kind of meet and he's like, look, I don't want you to think I'm like this scumbag. And she's like, you know what? I really like my job. Can we just leave this be? Mm. Um, and then she physically then bumps into her and knocks down the wife um, the next day as she finishes dropping her kid off from school. Mm. Um, so at this point, the wife doesn't know that that's her husband's secretary. He has no idea what's gone on yeah. nights before. Um, so she says, oh, because you knocked me down, like, can you take me out for some coffee and we can, like, be friends? Like, I've just moved here. And the receptionist just be like, oh, okay. Um, and then she kind of gets into, like, this, like, triangle relationship with the husband and wife where she's secretly best friends with the wife. But the wife is like, you can't tell my husband, David, that I'm best friends with his secretary. Let's not tell him. She then starts off an affair with the husband. Um, and all at the same time, you kind of think um, there's like this like, essence of like spirituality kind of going mm. on there. You, um, where for some reason Adele, the wife, knows everything that's going on, but you can't kind of explain why. Um, you're like, is she a spy? Is she doing this? But it turns out to be like this outer soul, outer body experience. This way it gets a bit trippy for me, where it's got quite a lot going on, but it kind of makes sense. Um, okay. I've never had an episode so intense as the last half an hour of the finale. <laughs> um, oh like, to the, like to the point where my dad came in from work and he's like, and I was like, shh, don't talk to me. And he's like, why, what's going on? And I was like, you don't understand, like they've switched bodies and this has happened and then this is so-and-so and this is so-and-so. And that sounds crazy. And, then, and my dad was like, you know what? I don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to move. I'm just going to leave the room. Yeah, he was like, okay, my day was fine. I'm just going to go. <laughs> um what have you been watching i binge watched the entire firefly lane which i loved um it's Kristen hannah but did i talk about this no i haven't talked about it have I? um so it's a based on the Kristen hannah novel and it's like a re whatever it's been adapted but um it's basically about two friends and it follows it's kind of like a this is us format in terms of they flip back between different time frames and different periods in their lives it i think i just loved it because it's very quiet and it's quite like um there's a lot that goes on and it's about the relationships between the two and how they evolve and like there's like some drama that you're like really confused where they're not friends in the future 
Yeah, it was just really well done. I think um, the characterization of both the two leads, two of the main characters, was just so on point in terms of like, you kind of hate one of them and you love the other one. And, but also you like both of them. It was just very like, it's it's not going to set your world on fire, but I thought it was very sweet and very well done. So I really enjoyed that. And that's pretty much all I've watched. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I mean, In addition to reruns of Sex and City as per usual. I say, because I'm interested about that because I've just ordered the book version of Life Because um, I've never actually read any Kristen Hanna novels. So I'm really intrigued because I have one on my bookshelf that I want to read. So I'm going to read that at some point next month and I'll let you know. We can maybe do a Kristen Hanna month. Oh, very good. Great. So what have you been reading? Um, so this week I've been um, reading um, What a Time to Be Alone by Chidora Egaru, um, which is quite interesting. Um, it's quite a mix of kind of like feminism, um, Black Lives Matter, quite a lot of equality movements, mixing with some really, really funky graphics, um, which I liked. Um, what have you been reading this week? I've been reading quite a lot. <laughs> so I am currently, well, actually, no, I'll talk about that more when I'm currently going to start reading. So I read Bright Burning Things, which just recently came out, which is by Lisa Harding, and it's about um this young mother's like battle with alcohol addiction um and it's really interesting seeing like it's a very beautiful portrayal of a route to sobriety it's like it's not brutal it's, it's like very harrowing but it's very warm and real really like that then i went on a bit of a romance kick so i read red white and royal blue and the wedding date which is two like cult i feel like favorites everyone loves and they all talk about on like all these different podcasts that i listen to so i was finally like i'm gonna bite the bullet and just read them both and i've read them back to that last weekend red white and royal blue is just a delight <laughs> it is so it's such an easy read but i really recommend it to anyone who liked princess diaries back in the day it's about the romance between the prince of england and the first son of the united states and it was just just delightful well, um, well, well, the first son of the united yeah. states <laughs> yeah and it like he's the son of the first female president so it's like and obviously there's a backdrop as well of like them wanting to come out because they both are not openly gay and which is very sweet and it's just kind of about how, how they're navigating that. So I really like that. Yeah, because you think, like you say, like, first lady. I never think of, like, first son, first daughter. Mm. Yeah. And then I read Luster by Raven Leilani, which was not my favourite. It's very much one of those, like, trying to be different books. Sorry, I just didn't <laughs> like it that much. Um, and I read Such Fun Age by Kylie Reed, which I absolutely adored. I think everyone should read it. Which is about a black babysitter and her interactions with the white middle-class family particularly the husband and the mother and well, obviously the husband and the wife and the wife trying to make good when the babysitter is basically apprehended by the police in a, in a grocery store because they are like who's this child do you have any rights to be looking after this child basically every story we've heard in the news recently um and but it brings it home about the effects afterwards and i just thought it was, it was great, really important read. I really liked it. So yeah, I've read quite a bit recently, but it's been, yeah, good. Oh, I might add that last book onto my like next to read list because that sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. So I guess this week we really wanted to talk about, I know it sort of was talked about that we were going to have this topic coming up on the podcast. I think we wanted to dive into it this week and it's something that's very important to both of us. So we want to talk about some feminist reads 
that we think have been sort of changing our attitude over the past few years. Um, we will not cover everything in this. We're just going to pop that at the top. There will definitely be a lot of pops in our knowledge. Also, would like to point out the fact that we're both white um, and privileged women. Um, so again, please give us the grace to be talking about these from that position. And yeah, I just wanted to dive into, I guess, to some books that have really just changed our outlook. So Madeline, do you want to go first? Um, no. so, so the first book I read um, back in college, um, I was quite happy to read because we was obviously studying um, feminist, mm. feminist literature throughout that whole unit. Um, so we, we read both um, Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, which I think mm. we'll get into a bit more in a second. I know you really like that book as well. Um, but then we also read Angela Carter's Bloody Chamber, which I really mm. like, where you have like these fairy tales, but with like a feminist twist. Um, not always in the sense of um, that the girl always saves herself at the end. No. Um, but just a bit more of a feminist twist of like really telling maybe more of the female character side of the story about the mm -hmm. average which i found really really interesting yeah because um, i haven't actually read that one i really do want to delve into that because i loved obviously hammer's tale and also i mean people it's kind of interesting because when i was thinking about this podcast episode um i think people would be probably surprised that we led with those two as like two books that have meant a lot to us but um the handmaid's tale really is like I think a really, really powerful book about women's position in society. Obviously, I feel like everyone will probably know the plot of it. It's made into a TV show. This post-apocalyptic world in um, in which women, everyone basically fulfills a very traditional, um, traditional role. And... Um, and then it's all about, um, you know, Offred and her fight to fight against the system. It's, I, it's, it's yeah, interesting sorry. because the book was written um, in the 70s or 80s, I think. And then by the time it then got made into the TV show, which I think has um, helped it with its popularity again, um, it was being made and released during the um, Trump election. Mm -hmm. um, where so many of these feminist issues were coming under threat. They were being um, talked about between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Um, so I think it just felt very relatable. Um, so I think mm -hmm. all of us watching America and thinking, is this maybe what America might turn into? Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because obviously like, it's based on the Bible story of Rachel and Leah, mm -hmm. um, where one of the sisters can't have a baby. Mm -hmm. So she says to her husband, go to my sister and have children by yeah. her. And the role of the women is kind of based around that um, in the fictional place of Gilead. Um, and then obviously the TV series carries on from the end mm -hmm. um, of the book, um, which I think they've done really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, it's never a point where, where I've been watching it, I think, oh, that, that can't happen. Or maybe that's yeah. a bit too out there. It's very much... Quite I only watched it about the first two seasons, so I kind of watched up probably up to the end, roughly, probably about roughly the end of the book. But obviously, I've read the Testaments, which is the follow-up. It's not a sequel by any means, but that was fascinating where she took the story. 
Oh, I love that. Um, I went to the book release in Piccadilly for when the Testaments came out and I, it was the most amazing book release I've ever been to before. Normally mm. whenever I've gone to book releases at um, Waterstones, mm. um, it's normally just like a, um, author kind of like signing event, mm. a Q and a, um, but you went there and you had to buy a ticket to get in. I, I just stood outside and I was like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just wait. Um, they had people dress up as handmaids um stop carrying baskets of the book and handing the book out oh my god i love that i love that so much yeah actually i was gonna say because if you've read the handmaid's tale and are wanting a follow-up obviously it isn't the testaments i really recommend vox which is kind of similar in terms of like women are only allowed to speak a certain amount of words a day and if they go over that limit of words then they get electrocuted and they get all this like pain stuff it's and that is actually a really powerful read as well at what point in this podcast do you think we hit that word limit? <laughs> I think I hit that word limit before um before seven a.m. this morning. I mean, I just talk, <laughs> and it's something like a hundred words. Like I'm not kidding; it's like a tiny, tiny amount of words. And it was just a really like, I mean, obviously you and me talk a lot. <laughs> like let's not let's not skirt around that. But like, it was really interesting to me to see like. What, what would we act like if we did, couldn't vocalize ourselves so yeah so that was those ones which i think we're both we both think are really important reads well um what other ones do you like so i know that you've read recently quite a lot more feminist books than i have so i read um the chimamanda negozia ducci is that who you say um we should all be feminists which is a tiny little book um but that was a really, really, um, I guess, interesting manifesto or something I hadn't really read before. Um, so I just think that everyone should pick that up because it's like a tiny, it's really quick, tiny read. Yes, because I remember there's um, Beyonce, I think it's in Flawless, she samples the speech. I'm not surprised because it's like, it's it's so concisely and succinctly put, put and in a really like, it was just perfect that one um i read i nearly finished it <laughs> you know my struggles with this one hood feminism which is out now in paperback i think it's a really interesting a read about different a different angle that i never really read before i find it very difficult to read because my position in life um it's just uncomfortable it's like not it's not an easy read and it does make you evaluate things a lot differently and it makes you have a different perspective on the world (laughs) so it's not exactly like you don't it's not something you can fly through and be like read the whole thing in in a night but you can read i think it's definitely something that you need to digest over time but i think it was a powerful and um just like perspective changing novel or not novel book i know that there's one book that we've both read that i know that we both have mixed feelings about which one's that um, i'm not thinking what one is now um women don't owe you pretty by florence given so you I, you've read that one i haven't read that one yeah I haven't read give me one. give me your chat give me your talk on it so when I first read it, I was like, yes, I feel like a boss queen reading it because she goes on a lot about, um, 
like self-female empowerment um, about how you shouldn't be surviving on crumbs like you deserve the whole cake <sighs> yeah I deserve the whole cake now I need yes. to buy new jeans when I go back to work um and she talks a lot about um at the LGBTQ kind of stem of feminism which I found quite interesting like I don't really personally know a lot about that um so I find mm. that interesting to read um and then whenever I was researching information about um women don't are you pretty by front skin mm. coming up with um Chidora Egaru and I was like yeah. oh, this is quite interesting so I read her book this week um um how to be alone and there's quite a lot of controversy between mm-hmm. these books and I kind of understand why um so to give you a bit of background so Chira Egaru is um a black feminist activist um you might have seen her on Good Morning Britain when a few years ago when she was leading the um hashtag saggy booze um, matter movement okay. um she's been a journalist for many many years she goes under the, um, the sunflower um so she speaks about lifestyle stuff she speaks about fashion um she speaks about just her life as a black woman yeah and then about three years ago then she released her first book which is what time to be alone um a guide to why you're already enough so again it's kind of that self-empowerment she talks about mm-hmm. feminism she talks about black lives matter um and a lot of it is a mixture of um, like graphics and illustrations. Um, a lot of the time, it's just a lot of like Instagram proverbs. Like it's not like bulk duck. Chapters. It's a bit Rupi Kaur-esque. Yeah, where it's not bulked up chapters, which I kind of like because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting through it and it's quite mm-hmm. nice and light to read. Yeah, um, I'm more likely to sit there and not one go and read it. Um, and what I find quite interesting is throughout the entire book, um, she kind of divides chapters um, up by translating some um, Igbo sayings um, that her mother has said to her while she's growing yeah. up. Um, and she'll say, this saying means this, and this would basically say that you deserve more, or maybe you surround yourself with more positive people, which I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, like, she makes some really good valid points there that I will take and I really do hope to use. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time she sits on both sides of the fence throughout the whole book where she'll say, um, don't surround yourself with people who gossip, but then at the same time, understand that they're probably going through something. So you might want to keep them around and help them. And I'm just like, well, which one do I choose? Do I not want to hang around with people who gossip? Or should I just hang around with them for longer and see if I can help them? But then again, it's not my job to help them. And it's, yeah. a, bit, it's a bit trying to please everyone, um, if I'm honest. Um, and then the reason why Florence Given has kind of been stirred into this drama mm. is um, she has also then released the book, which is mostly graphic illustration yeah. and Instagram proverb. It's a bit bulkier, the chapters, um, text-wise, um, than Chedra Egaru's. Um, but she does borrow, and I use that word very lightly, she does borrow a lot of Egaru's um, um, kind of concepts. Um, okay kind of like her stances on like third wave feminism um like the whole shebang um and this is kind of where the drama the drama strikes so it is very much another example of like elvis presley's um hound dog where mm-hmm. Florence given who is a um i think she's 21 or 22 now white yeah. feminist um middle class has kind of taken these ideas from a black feminist mm-hmm. And now whenever you even Google Chidora Egaru or her book, it comes up with Florence Given is the first hit. Now, I I I don't I don't think that Florence Given personally has any. She didn't she didn't go out of her way to do that. 
but it's more like the yeah constructs yeah like I doubt that she kind of like knows like Google's algorithms to put her book as the first um response but she's not really helping and I think Chidera called her out on this and Mm. was like well you're not really helping black feminists right now you're not really helping Authors. Um, so Florence given turned around and went, okay, I'll give a, a, a small percent of the proceeds of the profit to fund um, black community charities, which mm-hmm. is good, but it's still not giving the original black work. Then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think I, that's important because that's why I think that hood feminism is uncomfortable for us white women, but it's important to read because I think that one and also this book called White Feminism, which just came out in January, that are important as like books to read alongside all these narratives about feminism generally because they're more I feel like that could be can be very whitewashed as a as the theories go and these two reads were really important to me to kind of be like oh I thought it was like all the one this way and actually there's a lot um there's a lot more nuances and a lot more ways in which feminism doesn't necessarily work to help um, marginalised communities yeah exactly I think if anything all these books that we've written that tend to be like quite whitewashed have just mm-hmm. brought up the issue of um, quite a lot of people debate oh what is the third wave of feminism the first <laughs> wave was us getting the vote what will the first third wave be um, and so many people say well I think it should be LGBTQ I think it should be this mm. I think if anything, this has shown us that there still just isn't equality among women in general. Um, so there's no equality between um, trans women to black women to white women. So you women. can't say that it's equality if it's all the only equality is between white women and white women. Exactly. Um, not between um, gender. Um, it's definitely not between races at the moment. Still not kind of between classes at the moment. Um, I'd even say like white women in general still aren't really acting equal together, like upper class, lower class. Um, So I think that's very much been pointed out. Um, Mm. I would like to read, like there is probably a book out there that's written about this. I would like to read more about that, about how to be a bit more equal among women. Um, I'd read Hood Feminism. It's uncomfortable and it's a difficult read, but I think it's an important one. I'm trying to think if I've got ever any more reads that I have was on my list. Um, I mean, if you want some more like inspiring, empowering reads as well to go along with these, I'd say any memoir, Michelle Obama's memoir, Malala Yousafzai's memoir, and Glennon Dawes memoir three that really spoken to me, and also Jolly Alderton's. Those four for me were four which I kind of like just made me feel really empowered <laughs> and like yes this is they're just like good supplementary reading I think in order in addition to the other ones we've mentioned yeah I've really like I haven't um like physically read Michelle Obama's Becoming but mm. I've been listening to an audiobook 18 yeah. hours on Audible is 18 hours but it's a very very good 18 hours so far um yeah I mean I, I would recommend it I loved loved that book um let me see I think that was pretty much all I had. Yeah. Do you have any other recommendations? I don't think so. I need to get more into reading feminist books, but it's like finding... Finding the ones that speak to you. Yeah. Like the Florence Given one, I think was like a good gateway into mm. it. 
because she does reference some people and I think yeah. we'll read those references a bit more um no I think that's good okay so if we move into like end matter what we're looking forward to for next week and then we'll talk about what, what we'll record next week what we're looking forward to next week oh um so wait what do you first what are you looking forward to next week i am going to finish my book the smash up by ali benjamin which is like a political satire about america right now and then post 2016 and it's really enjoyable but i'll give a uh review of that in next week's episode and um what's i'm looking forward to looking forward to the world opening up <laughs> and yeah, I've got Sarah Evans' Happy Half Hour, which probably by the time we post this will have been gone, but that's the Destination Country, which I'm really looking forward to that. And I, yeah. How about you? I've only just started reading um, yesterday, um, Ruman Alam's Leave the World Behind. No, um, I forgot about that book. And I'm really excited to read it because it's the first thriller book I'm going to read mm. this year. And I was extra more excited to read it when I was like Googling like more information mm. about the book this morning. And Denzel Washington and Julie Roberts um, have yep. been playing the leads in the film. Um, I think Netflix have bought the rights for it. Um, and I do love, I love Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington and Julie I'm already Roberts. so excited. I've never made one bad film. Never made one bad film. Um, I'm so really I'm, nervous though because that's one of my favourite books now. And like, what if they ruin it for me? It's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's fine. <laughs> Get through it. Uh, I'm excited to read that. Um, I've just finished reading um, People Like Her by Ellery Lloyd as oh, well. Oh, yeah. How was it? Um, oh, it was really good. It's really okay, relatable in the world. Opened up again. Read um, it. I went watch, listen, read. <laughs> that and i'm excited for the world opening up again much like you i got an email we're just gonna from, keep saying that every few weeks well i got an email from las iguanas um saying would you like to book your outdoor drinking session and i was like oh you already know las iguanas you already know you know me too well <laughs> yeah um so when the world open, when the world gradually starts to open its gates again i am going to be going on so many brunches <laughs> yes all the bottomless branches so many branches and i'm going to invest in some thermals because if i'm gonna be drinking outside i'm gonna need them. you're gonna need them yeah you're gonna I'm need them layers. i'm gonna need the layers <laughs> oh my goodness well do we have anything else we want to go through so that was a shorter episode but it's just we'll, we'll sometimes have shorter episodes and that'll be um, music is there anything you've been listening oh to god before? music yes music um yeah, because we have books and music. Um, what have we been listening to this week? So I have been listening to the new Thomas Rhett releases that have just been announced. I'm so excited for Countryside A, which is coming out on 30th April. So I've been loving that. I'm still loving Carly Pierce. I will be loving Carly Pierce until the cows come home. 29 is a phenomenal project. I'm just so, so excited about it. And I think that's it. I mean, obviously, a Life on Eris, again, is another artist that I've discovered recently, which is Chris Carmack from Grey's Anatomy and his wife. Love their new song, The Risk. Highly recommend it. And I also interviewed them, and that's on the site. And I think that's it. Otherwise, I can go on forever. How about you? Um, I've been listening to lately. So it's not recently. It came out before um, Christmas, this EP. I've been um, listening to um, Lexi Hayden. Um, okay. And she does give me a lot of 
like your debut Jana Kramer vibes, of like okay. kind of vibes. So I've been listening. I loved to that debut of Jana Kramer's. Her riding through on her bike. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, but yeah, Lexi Hayden very much that kind of vibe. Um, kind of like really nice, light and airy kind of country. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like you heard right. Um, where it's like yeah, you've heard I'm over you. Yeah, you heard right. Um, and relit cigarette, which is like going back to an old flame and it not being the same. Okay. Um, and I really like that. Um, and then I've also been listening to Seaforth. Um, I love Seaforth. They're really great. I I get like I know there's quite a lot of like mixed feelings about Love and Theft, but they do remind me of how I felt when I first listened to Love and Theft. Yeah, I get that. Um, they had that same kind of energy. Um, but oh my god, their vocals are so good. There's, and their harmonies are so tight. Yeah, I really really like Seaforth. And they're meant to be coming over to C2C. They're meant to be coming over last year. So hopefully we'll get them back to the UK soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's it. I think it is. Well, thank you for tuning in for another episode. And as ever, you can find me at Imjanelle Marshall or off the record uk.com for all the links to all our socials. How about you? I finally changed my handle. Yay! <laughs> Something that is easy. You'll I knew that. you had this. You say that and then I'll change it again. Um, it's fine, we'll just keep updating. Yeah, so it is no longer the confusing Mandolin. Um, it's now just hey underscore it's Madeline, which is so much easier. Oh my um, God, Brave New World. I tried to do a U and just do like my full name and there's just too many people with my name, which is really annoying. Lord, um, the singer, um, who sings Royals, her best friend has got the same name as me. So she's obviously got the full Rude. name. And I feel like she's not going anywhere soon. Um, no. but now, Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think I'm going to get that one. <laughs> hey, so yeah, so for the time being, it's just, hey, underscore, it's Madeline. <laughs> Yay. Well, thanks for all for tuning in and we'll be back with another episode next week. Bye, everyone.